Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and may I welcome you once again to our show. My name is W.J. Sheehan, and for those of you who don't know me, I've authored a series of books entitled Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, nine volumes of which are available at Amazon in paperback and ebook. And at Audible, you could pick up volumes one through eight, also at iTunes and Amazon as well. So if you're an audiophile, you could listen while you work or listen while you ride or listen while you're in the shower. <laughs> Might be a little dangerous, but... Do pick up a copy of my audiobooks or my paperbacks, and you'll make me very happy. And now, my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you? What's going on, Bill? We got plenty of audio files out there that want to make you happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder how many would be willing to risk listening in the shower. Ooh, no, it's okay as long as you don't plug it in from in the shower. Don't do that, folks. You know, they have some of these funky shower systems now with, like, sound coming into them and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe you could plug it in outside and listen to a little growling and grunting. <laughs> Just don't plug anything in while you're in the shower, once again. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I was well, telling I was just telling somebody yesterday, Kev, uh, somebody passed me a video of some a variety of different lightning strikes that were caught on camera. It was really very intense and incredible shots. But it reminded me, I don't I'm not sure you were even born at this time, but I'm going to tell you something that happened at uh, our home. Okay. Uh, you remember we had a half-acre property. Everybody in the neighborhood pretty much had a half-acre. Well, I remember and, when we got struck by lightning. You do? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that was interesting. And I told this guy that the lightning had struck a tree in our neighbor's backyard, peeled the bark off, went through the ground into the ground rod on the pool filter, burnt that motor out, traveled up the power cord into the basement and blew the outlet off the wall down in the basement. That was incredible. That was, and that covered a large distance. Both uh, transits from the tree to the pool was pretty far. Yeah. And then from the pool to the house, it wasn't like it was 10 feet, you know. No, it, it had to be, 
the whole distance had to be, what do you think, maybe over 150 feet, right? I was going to say about 200 feet would be my guess. But I thought the coolest thing was how that tree, folks, this is a tree probably 100 feet tall, and it was the bark peeled off of it from top to bottom. Yeah. That That was the coolest thing. That was remarkable, you know? Yeah. Here's this tree uh, standing in the wooded lot, and it has no bark on it. And all the other yeah. trees are fine next to it. Yeah, that was amazing. So, folks, don't plug anything into the shower. <laughs> and if it's lightning out, don't walk around out there. Not a good Be idea. safe. This is very powerful. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're Bigfoot. I think they're immune to lightning. Well, Bill, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out at the coast tonight, speaking of Bigfoot. And uh-huh. no, I didn't see a Bigfoot, but it's a cold winter's night out at the coast. And folks, relatively cold for me. You know, it's like 29 degrees and windy. But I was out walking on the beach in the dark and the moonrise came up. I didn't check the calendar if it's a full moon tonight, but it looked like a full moon. And it was rising up over the ocean. One of the coolest things I get to yeah. see. It's super cool. Yeah, there's nothing like a moonrise on the ocean. And I was looking around because it was pretty quiet out there. Maybe there was a hairy man roaming around <laughs> with a surfboard doing a little moonlight surfing. Well, I shouldn't, Kev, you know, I shouldn't say there's nothing like a moonrise on the ocean. Uh, there's something better than that. A moonrise on the ocean with a 50-pound striper on the mm-hmm. end of your line. I thought you were going to say with a silhouette of a Bigfoot surfing a big wave. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like the 50-pound striper as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to bring in some of that surfer music, Kev. That's fun stuff. So what do we got, bro, tonight in a cryptid? Yeah, news? yeah, yeah. And other oddities. We're going to talk about something that was in the news recently, a few right. weeks back. And this particular article comes from our friends at MysteriousUniverse.com. Okay. And I don't know if you saw this, Bill, but it's related to Mothman. Oh, yeah, there's been some activity. There has been. And again, yeah. it's up around Chicago's O'Hare Airport. What is with that area, boy? I don't know, but there's a lot of uh, Mothman sightings up there. There's some kind of juju going on over there. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but there's definitely some flying seven-foot-tall creatures with glowing red eyes. <laughs> that, you know, as long as they don't come over my house, it's okay. Yeah, they seem to like O'Hare for whatever reason. They're... They've been around there. And, of course, the the most famous sightings and the so-called original sightings of Mothman go back to our beloved Point Pleasant, West Virginia, back in 1966 and 1967. But, you know, since around 2010 or so, there's been a lot of ongoing sightings of Mothman in and around Chicago's O'Hare Airport. It's amazing. Kev, I got to ask you something. Sure. Relative to Mothman or uh, recurrent Bigfoot sightings, would anything keep you from 
purchasing a home or deciding to uh, stay for a while in any of these areas where these reoccurrent sightings of various cryptids occur? I mean, would that freak you out or keep you from from purchasing? Not not, uh, not the hairy man, you know. Mothman, I'm not sure. But the only thing that would keep me out probably is like uh, the demonic stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not buying a house on a haunted graveyard or anything like that. You know, <laughs> not going to happen. As a matter of fact, when we were looking at a house, Bill, back when I lived on uh, uh, Long Island, where you are, um, yeah. we looked at a house over in, uh, I think it was in Mount Sinai. Okay. And um, the uh, when we were in the house, I was like, what is, what's that out, like in the corner of the backyard? And she said, oh, yeah, that's a cemetery, you know, like an old family cemetery. And uh-huh. I was like, yeah, you know, forgive the pun, but that's a deal killer. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder if they weren't going to tell you. Oh, no, they have to tell you. But this was when we were first looking at the house and like I looked out the back window and you could see this. And it was old. You know how they are up there on yeah, the North Shore. Yeah. Yeah, hundreds of years old, and uh, it had this little three-foot-high iron fence around it with vines growing all over it. Maybe a dog man hiding behind one of the tombstones. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, family plot on the uh, grounds. No, thank you. I'm out. Yeah, deal breaker. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Let's uh, let's slip right back into our... Yeah, yeah. so this sighting uh, occurred on December 30th, 2021, so about a month ago. And um, the sighting happened at about 11.30 at night. And it was in uh, the American Airlines hangar at O'Hare International Airport. And of course, uh, Chicago's O'Hare Airport is one of American Airlines hubs, so... No, they got a lot of hangers over there. But this maintenance crew that was working there at 1130 at night, they saw three what they believe to be Mothman. Wow. Right. So the the person and this gets back to what we always say, Bill, if you see something, say something. So this particular individual reported it, but they reported it anonymously as a worker for American Airlines. And and you'll understand a little bit more as to why they kept it anonymous, okay? Okay. So four people, this is one of four people who were standing together working and witnessed three large black creatures over by the parking lot of this hangar. They said they were about seven feet tall each, and they were standing there staring right at us. And one of them opens up what looks like very large black wings and darts off into the sky with the other two following right behind them. Wow. Can you imagine? I I can't. I mean, I'd just be freaking stunned. Right. So all three of these, as they're taking off and flying too, they make this really loud screeching sound as they take off. And we've heard no, that before uh, you, in these Mothman sightings. You know, do we hear about Mothman flapping wings or they just kind of like spread their wings and like bolt off like they're, 
you know, powered by something yeah, supernatural. All of the above. All of the above. But yeah, I would so, imagine they definitely flapped their wings. Uh-huh. But um, so so get this. So, the you know, that's part of it. And then I said, there seems to be good reason why this person isn't saying what their name is. So they say and report that a few seconds later, after these three Mothman take off into the sky screeching, a security vehicle comes racing up through the driveway and stops, and a security person runs out with a flashlight and starts looking around in the area. Hmm. Another supervisor comes up to them, these four witnesses, and told us to stop recording and put our phones away, or she would report us to our supervisors. Huh. Yeah, and they came in to the hangar after 10 minutes of looking around outside and said that we were not to talk to anyone with respect to what we saw and that they were requiring us to send the video we had shot on our phones and then delete the video off of our phones or we would be immediately terminated. Well, wasn't that fine and dandy? Yeah, and then they said, when we demanded that we see our union steward first, we were told this was a matter of internal security and that this superseded the authority of the union. Huh. Yeah. You know, I I wonder how security knew these creatures were there that they raced over. You think they caught them on uh, either coming in or on a security camera or something like that? I would imagine security cameras, right? They got to have cameras all over a major international airport like O'Hare. Can you imagine, Kev? You remember when you were doing that uh, 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 report on the black-eyed children and the guy sitting upstairs at the desk was looking through the security camera and they were, he felt they were looking directly at him? Yep. I, can you imagine looking in a security camera and you're sitting there half asleep at night eating a donut and all of a sudden you're like, what the... And you see these three moth men creeping around next to some <laughs> building or hangar over there, and you're like, "Wow!" <laughs> it I might mean, be I like it might be like you know, if you were my coworker, I'd be like, "Hey, Bill, uh, why don't you go out there and check that out yeah, while yeah. I finish this Boston cream donut?" Yeah, leave the donut with me, chubby. Because I just warmed it up in the microwave, and I don't want it to cool <laughs> off. So, you know, one thing about this, Bill, is, you know, it's, it's, there's, they shot the video, they gave up the video, right? You know, but you can't blame them if they're going to get fired, right? That's, that's yeah. their livelihood. Um, but, you know, it is a little suspicious. Um, but, you know, these folks that report on this stuff and collect these, uh, these reports, you know, say that they've, they've heard of similar things happening and that, um, you know, the people being threatened by their employer, too, to turn over the videos, turn over the recordings, and don't uh, tell anyone about it. So, you know, that part's not that hard to believe, as there have been so many sightings over there. And you know something, Kev? Here we go again, though. What is the big deal about speaking of such things? Yeah. I, I don't understand this whole mindset of don't say nothing, delete the file. You didn't see a Bigfoot. You saw a bear. It wasn't a UFO. 
It was a temperature inversion. You know, stop. Yep. Stop. People know what they're looking at. I don't mistake three bat wing creatures with red glowing eyes for anything other than that. Especially when they take flight and zoom out of the place. Exactly, exactly. But folks, I got a shout out to you. So if certainly if you're one of these people, one of these four that saw it here in the end of December, but anybody that's seen a Mothman, like reach out to us on the website. I want to interview you on this podcast. Uh, we'll do it anonymously, and, uh, you know, I can interview you on Skype. I'll record it. I'll play it back. Bill and I will talk about it. So if you got any experience with Mothman, or if you're a Mothman yourself, by the way, reach out to us at BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, and uh, we'll do a little interview with you, anonymously, of course. Right. Unless you want to be known as Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> Like the Mothman. I am Mothman. Will the real Mothman please stand up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah, you know, O'Hare, boy, that's a strange place. You know, you have the UFO sightings. We have that UFO that touched down on the airport uh, a number of years ago. Rumored we, to have touched down. Rumored to. Have yeah, touched. rumored. Well, I mean, there was like hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of witnesses. I mean, I don't know how many more you need. Uh, they were all mistaken, uh, you know. And all of these Mothman sightings flying around the buildings in the city. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 almost like they're not even trying to hide. No. You know, it's almost like seeing a bald eagle, right? Hey, there's a bald eagle flying around. You don't see them too often. But it could fly through the city. It's not worried about you seeing it. Yeah. Incredible, man. Freaking mm. moth man. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what we had in the news this week to report on, Bill. And again, folks out there, you know, if you see something, say something. Write in. Tell us about it. Maybe we'll interview you, too. Yeah, now, very interesting. And Kev, you've talked about that. Uh, pulling together some interviews and uh, doing them aside from me, and then we can play them and chime in about them, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's a cool idea. Uh, now, I have a great account here, and I like accounts that uh, involve law enforcement, and I'm not one of that bandwagon where it, it it's only feasible or credible if uh, somebody in law enforcement uh, reports it. But there is a certain uh, uh, notoriety attached to a cop telling you a story, like my neighbor Tom telling me about his UFO encounter in Port Jeff Station. Uh, This came to me from a retired or now retired law law enforcement officer, and he told me that at the time, He had faced such ridicule about this encounter that I agreed not to even mention what state he had worked in. And this is what uh, John Sorensen had to say. I was a 24-year veteran of the force when this encounter happened. I was on highway patrol that night. 
Most of the old-timers preferred the night shift because it was typically quieter than the day. And on this particular night, the weather was crisp and clear. Now, there were a couple of stop signs that I would generally set up on early in the shift. And then later on in the night, I would hit the main highway with the radar gun. I had a particular spot that I would back into, which was on a grassy edge of the highway. The forest was at my back, and a rock wall dominated my left side. By the time a speeding car made it around this granite outcropping and saw my squad car, the gun had already bagged their speed. I had already tagged a couple of speeders that night and was preparing for the next one. I turned the car off momentarily and stepped into the trees to take care of business. It was a pitch black and moonless night. Trust me when I tell you, there was no one around in this stretch of highway, just woods and rocky walls. I had just finished up and turning towards the car when I could see headlamps shining around the bend coming towards my position. Remember, nobody could see me here until they had virtually passed in front of me. Just as I had seen the glare of these oncoming lights, the car's horn started sounding and they were leaning on it heavily. They flew by and kept going, and I had taken maybe three steps towards the car when a large, dark mass came into view from around the wall on my left. Whatever it was came walking along the shoulder of the highway, and it was huge. I immediately knew this was what the car had been beeping at. As I was reaching for my flashlight out of my belt loop, I said, Hey you, stop right where you are, and hit it with the light. When I did so, it had turned toward me and growled, and its eyes were glowing red before the flashlight had even hit them. When the flashlight's beam met its face, it let out the loudest, most intense roar that you could possibly imagine. Its head held high into the air and screaming like King Kong. The mouth was wide open and I could see its teeth. I grabbed my revolver and prepared to fire but I didn't have time to shoot before it had fled. It took maybe four fast steps or leaps for it to clear all the lanes of the highway and both shoulders, disappearing into the night. I jumped into the car and started it up, flipping on the headlights, and I saw nothing. So I turned on my spotlight and moved across to the far shoulder. 
When I did, I caught it briefly looking in my direction, with its red eyes beaming in the darkness. The damn things were like red reflectors on a kid's bike, and it then turned and hightailed it out of sight into the woods. In total, there were four units on patrol that night, with the dispatcher and sergeant being back at the station. When I got on the radio, I started to tell everyone what I had seen, which, frankly, I didn't think would be taken as a joke, but that's exactly what happened. The chatter coming over the speaker was ridiculous, and the dispatcher told me to fill out a report when I got back. This Bigfoot had to have been seven to eight feet tall, And when the light hit it, I could see dark skin on its face, along with some hair that served as a beard. Its teeth were large white squares, like big chiclets, and the hair was quite long and matted. Its head and shoulders were like one unit, kind of like the turret on a tank. It was the most frightening thing that you could imagine, and then some. I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger. But when you fire a round as a cop, it's a big deal. And firing a round at a Bigfoot, well, you could just imagine how well that would go over. As the thing turned to cross the street, I saw that it must have been five feet across at the shoulders, and the fur on its butt was totally encrusted with leaves and crap. While it was near me, the stench which was emanating from it was sickening. The next day, I came back to the spot with my truck. I parked on the shoulder and then walked back to where it had come from. I could clearly see heavy impressions in the soft grass of the shoulder. And when I crossed over to the side where it had run from, I could see even deeper impressions. These prints were large and close to 20 inches long. You can't believe the crap I had to put up with after that night. And I retired shortly thereafter completing 25 years of service. What do you think of that, Kev? Well, another law enforcement officer seeing a Bigfoot and uh, and then being ridiculed for it. You know, uh, one of the things that's, this is like the, we'll, we get to everything eventually. I believe I have at least three accounts where people have talked about the stench. We always hear, we don't always, but many times we hear about this stink when a Bigfoot is around, right? The smell. But I've had at least two or three people who got a rear-end view of a Bigfoot, and let's just say that the butt area was not clean. It was a dirty Bigfoot. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying, like, if you 
if a creature had poor hygiene, let's just say, and it was there was stuff clumping to fur or crusting up and whatnot, that would be quite a, a, a stench uh, as you went on, unless, of course, they could get in water and get cleaned up like you would in a pool or something, you know? Yeah, I'd say. But uh, really, can you imagine being out there in the pitch black, walking up to your car about to get in it, and this thing comes around a rocky wall? No, I can't imagine. And I, I love that description, too. And I think we've heard it before, where he said, like, it's head and neck or lack of neck that it moved like a turret on a tank. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, just like one piece, one contiguous unit, like where the shoulders turn, the head turns. Yeah. Uh, just massive muscle, you know, uh, like the Hulk or something like that, yeah. you know, just. Rah, rah. Oh, Super my cool. God. I'm really I'm shocked. Uh, he pulled his flashlight before his gun. Uh, I think he, I would have pulled the gun, but. I'm not certain after listening to him that he would have pulled the trigger anyway. Unless no, the thing well, came. They, these guys, you know, they have a lot of training. And I know, you know, you see the the, the uh, exception of the crazy things you hear about on the news. But they have right. a lot of training. It takes a lot for them to take out a gun, you know. Yeah. They well, got, and about- they certainly have to know what they're shooting at. And if it's dark and you can't see anything... I mean, it's not like Barney Fife. They're not going to just shoot into the darkness, you know. <laughs> Barney Fife. <laughs> what a freaking character that guy was. <laughs> He'd start fumbling with his pistol, you know, like. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kev, this is just enough. I don't know how uh, people keep it together in such circumstances. Yeah, oh, I, you don't, know, I, don't, I don't either, Bill, and I don't think I could do as well as they do, uh, you know, in these accounts. And uh, But, you know, you just don't know either until you're in that, in that setting. But yeah. it's got to be terrifying. Again, where, like that Whitehall police officer, I always talk about it when he had the sighting where he said, all of a sudden you know that you're looking at something that you were told your whole life and believed your whole life previously did not exist. But yet, and it's right there in front of you. Kev, he as well had pulled his gun, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I can't recall, but he also talked about not wanting to shoot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a weird thing, man. You know, and a lot of people in a variety of different places have talked about, and I know this to be true for myself, but not with a Bigfoot experience. Yeah. Something comes over them in the moment. It's almost like a mind control. Kind of like they're shut down briefly. You're not even aware of it, but you're not doing anything that, you know, those who hear about it afterward would say, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you take a picture? Why didn't you shoot? They don't get it because they're not there. And things happen to people in these moments. It's almost like you're you're taken over for a moment. You just kind of stand and stare 
your mind is not operating perfectly at the time. You're trying to sort out real or unreal. There's all kinds of things going on. Well, again, no, Bill, like you're looking at something. I mean, it's hard for us to imagine because we've never seen anything that, you know, we have learned our whole life did not exist, right? Right. But, I mean, it could be you walk out your front door tonight and Count Dracula is standing there, you know? Yeah, yeah, Goes from being a bat and materializes into Count Dracula on your front porch. And you'd be like, what the hell? You know, and even if you had a gun in your hand, you might not shoot it because you're like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. Right? Whereas if you saw somebody that looked like a murderer trying to break into your house, you know, you probably wouldn't think twice. Right, because it's a human being. You know what it is. Right. He's breaking through the glass, you know, Clearly a threat. You know, clearly something you have learned your whole life is a threat to your safety. Right. So that's right? that's a deal that's a deal breaker, Kev, right? If it was a human doing something nefarious or perhaps threatening, we know that. But when you see something weird, you you there's a hesitation. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, again, I don't know how I would act, but I'm sure there would be a hesitation. Yeah. Because yeah, it's so, just you're right. like what what is it? I don't know. Right. Right. You're still trying to sort out what you're being presented with. And the other action is kind of secondary to that. <laughs> yeah, and it's not clear in that moment that your life is in danger. I know that right. probably sounds silly because you got this seven foot giant thing in front of you, you know, but yeah. you don't you know, you don't know what it is. Yeah. And he's talking about five feet at the shoulders. Oh, yeah. That is just like, I mean. Who am I to argue with this guy? The thing was in front of his squad car and he was next to it. How far could it be away? 15 feet? Yeah. By the way, if you see Count Dracula tonight, give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to wake me up with that call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a call after I blow his cape off of him. (laughs) Awesome. Wow. I like that account, though. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I'll just tell you, I'm not telling you where it was, but it was north of me, Kev. Ah. So, northeast United States, I can tell you that. Okay. And uh, so, folks, Bigfoot is not just in the Pacific Northwest. You know, we have accounts in uh, Florida, Virginia, the Carolinas, up north, Midwest, Southwest, South, Northeast. So Bigfoot is being sighted in many, many, many locations. Uh, Whereas, you know, this Mothman phenomena, Kev, I've only heard about Mothman to date at Point Pleasant with the bridge accident. That was like the first noted incident. No, no, that wasn't the first one. That was the final one in uh, Point Pleasant. The first one was, don't forget, you're hanging around digging graves under the full moon. Oh, oh, yeah. And they saw Mothman. 
Right, but it was in that area. Oh, yeah, it was Point Pleasant. Sorry. I yeah. thought you meant that the bridge siding was the first No, one. no, 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 no. Uh, okay. What I was My getting mistake. at was the the only two locations where I've heard the name Mothman used to date are there and up in the Chicago area. Yeah, absolutely. And I have got... has a lot of sightings. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how many sightings are occurring there. It's a little Mothman hangout. I guess so. Maybe it's the Mothman <laughs> Society of North America is located up there. Hey. <laughs> Again, if you're the president of the Mothman Society of North America, write us, write us a little note at Bigfoot Terror in the Woods. We will definitely interview you. <laughs> we might even give you an autographed book. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll interview you, but I'm going to have a little sidearm on my lap <laughs> while you're talking. <laughs> Stay over where you are, Mothman. Don't get any hey. closer. <laughs> and put those donuts down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he gets too close to me, his eyes won't be glowing red because they're glowing. He'll be bleeding internally. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> wow, Kev. So that's it, my friend. All right. Well, that's a great account. Uh, on top of the Mothman account from Chicago's O'Hare from uh, the end of last year, the end of uh, 2021. So, Bill, we're going to go into some listener mail, and we got some good notes coming in from our listeners this week. The first one is from Tom, and I think he's from Wisconsin. He, he doesn't say where he's from, but he's writing about stuff that happened in Wisconsin. So, okay. And he writes, hello, William and Kevin. My wife and I love your podcast as we've been listening now for just a few months. I wanted to share a story my grandmother used to tell us about what happened in Horicon, Wisconsin. If you've not yet covered the Bigfoot sightings in Wisconsin, please do so sometime in the near future. The most recent event, I recall, is about a Bigfoot that was spotted near Holy Hill. All right. I brought it up with a relative from the area, and he said that a friend of his lives near Monches, Wisconsin, and she believes she has seen evidence of these creatures near our home. I was trying to find out more about what she has seen, but she and others from the area say they feel easy in certain areas, feel uneasy in certain areas near there and feel like they're being watched. If I find out more from her, I will write to you. But since this is new information for us, we wanted to tell you about this lead while it's fresh in my mind. The other story is from my grandmother, and it goes like this. This happened in about 1910. My grandmother and her family farmed all near Horicon, Wisconsin. Okay, same place. And her brothers would often relax by taking walks down their country road. One night, her older brother, who was about 20 years old at the time, rushed into the house white as a sheet and collapsed on the living room floor in front of the whole family. My grandmother said she thought he had had a heart attack. They all wondered what was going on, 
After catching his breath and having the color return to his face, he said that something awful had happened to him and that he had seen something, but he said he could not tell them what it was. I pressed her on this when I was just a young boy, and she said they never found out what scared him. She said he refused to say what it was his whole life. Now, it could have been anything, but after hearing how people refuse to divulge what they have seen when they see a Bigfoot, it started me thinking that maybe he did see a creature like this and didn't want to tell anyone for fear of being called crazy. I always wondered what it could have been that frightened him to such a degree, and with the Wisconsin sightings of these creatures and the stories my wife and I are hearing on your podcast, we think it might have very well been a Bigfoot. Your podcast is one of the best ones we've found. Thank you for your work. Pretty wow, cool. That's a heavy, yeah. You know, Kev, interestingly enough, in the first segment of that two-part uh, email, uh, he spoke about how these folks felt in certain area, in a certain area. Yep, that uneasy. They would be, yeah. Right, and that they were being watched. Yep. So to me, it always takes out of the picture uh, some type of psychosis or something odd going on mentally with the individuals because it's not all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's when I'm there. And it's not in many different locations, like in the supermarket, you know, at right. the car dealership. It's in certain areas, uh, you know, out in the wild. Yeah. It's like when people come over my house, they feel uneasy. I thought that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know something? <clears throat> you know, whether you believe it or not, it's another story, but... The guy falling on the floor with basically the blood drained from his head uh, like he had been in, in some frenzy trying to escape from whatever he saw. He's probably running his tail off to get back in what he viewed as being the safe place of the house and just dropped. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Not hard to believe, my, right? My God, that is just like nuts. Now, if some, if you saw something... Really bizarre. Close encounter with a Bigfoot. So, I don't. I don't know what it would be. Would you be the type of person that would not speak about it your whole life? I don't want to talk about it. Please don't no. ask me. No, but, I wouldn't. I but wouldn't. I can't speak for everyone else. You never know what kind of situation they're they're in. You know, like maybe people think they're crazy anyway. You know what I mean? And they're trying to get back from build their credibility back or something like that. Right, which is one of the main reasons people don't talk about, you know, Bigfoot sightings. But yeah, you know, I mean, you they, think fear, about, they have fear, uh, legit fear of losing their jobs and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, you know, many people during times of war have witnessed horrific things and just don't even want to speak about it, even if, like, you're interested. Like, please tell me what happened. Well, look, they, at, look like, at our father, Bill. You know, he... Yeah. I'm sure he saw some weird stuff over in uh, the jungles in the Pacific, and yeah, he never talked about it at all. Yeah, it's 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 enough. You know, I've had enough. No more. Yeah, you know, just it's it's it it is. There are things out there that can take hold of you, uh, and you just prefer not to speak of it or relive it. 
One hundred percent. Yeah. So again, we fall back to those who say, "Why didn't this person do that?" Why you have no idea what you're talking about, my friend. Yeah, you're not them. You, were, you don't know what yeah. setting that situation they're in. You don't know what their family situation is, their professional situation. You know, I mean, you Kevin, you can criticize anybody, but you really shouldn't. Kept the best thing we had was probably a couple of years ago now when you looked into that video of the swamp ape tearing apart that uh, tree. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, the guy who was filming it. <laughs> He's running. Man, yeah. His his GoPro or phone or whatever it was just dropped, man, and he was booking it. Now, by the way, in that kind of a setting, I might shoot. <laughs> when you're out in the yeah. middle of nowhere in a swamp in Florida, oh, my God. I might I might start firing. Yeah. Daytime, you. you know, the things. Remember, it was picking up like a water moccasin, you know, yeah, trudging I mean, around in the swamp. Obviously, it's fearless. Right. And obviously, that guy initially had one thought, like, oh, let me film it. And then he... It got the best of him, and he said, hey, stupid, get out of here. <laughs> well, he probably thought it was a small bear or something like that. And remember, in the film, when that thing stood up, you were like, whoa. Yeah. You know, what the heck? I still think that was legit. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I still think that was a legit shot. And uh, that that was just incredible. Remember that thing tearing that hunk of tree off? Yeah. It just, like, grabbed a piece of the root section and went, like, snapped it off, <laughs> tossed it, splash, splash in the water. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Wild stuff. All right. Our next yeah. note comes in from CK, and he doesn't say where he's from, but it's pretty cool. He said it's about Spring-Heeled Jack from episode okay. 133. And he says, perhaps the group of Spring-Heeled Jack, of the spring Heel Jack Gang were the first practitioners of parkour. Now, have you ever heard of parkour, Bill? No, as a matter of fact, I reached out to CK and said, could you expound on that? Because oh, I, well, I, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. Oh, so it's okay. It's uh, according to Wikipedia, parkour is a training discipline where the practitioners move from one place to another in a complex environment without assisting equipment and in the fastest and most efficient way possible. There are essentially different types of parkour, that, that being your basic parkour, vaulting, rolls, and dropping from high places. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And they have pictures of people like jumping from rooftop to rooftop and stuff like that, which I never heard of it before, but... Looked it up and I don't know, CK, you might be onto something. And I like the fact you're already also thinking that it's actually a Spring Heel Jack gang of sorts. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you think about it, it's like a form of like uh, intense gymnastics or almost like guerrilla fighting. Yeah. You know, yeah. we like you, you, you're, t you're trying to use alternative ways of movement where you're not expected and you maintain an advantage. Exactly. And, of course, anybody watching is like, what the hell's going on here, you know? Yeah, super cool. Wow. Parkour. Parkour. I think that's how you pronounce it. 
Yeah, no, I, you're right. And I wonder if this is a discipline that is practiced anywhere today, because I have never heard of it. Yeah. Well, I wow, don't know. that is weird. Let you us know, know more. Up. Let us know more, CK, especially if you partake in it. There was uh, a f- number of years ago, I was watching something about this guy they called the Monkey Man. And I'm telling you, man, I don't know how somebody gets involved in what this guy was doing. But I'm telling you, he could run on all fours, jump, leap, climb walls, trees. You'd think he was a chimpanzee. (laughs) And I never saw anything like it, but it was a legitimate man. I I want to say he was like from India or something. He was a legitimate guy. Uh, I don't know how he got involved in it or why you would spend your time doing it. It was almost like a physical discipline. Yeah. Which I imagine this parkour would be, too. You wouldn't just jump in, literally jump into this. Oh, no, no. You you know, it's got to take a lot of practice. Absolutely. Strength training, et cetera. Yeah, parkour. Yeah. You'd have to have tremendous uh, hand, finger strength, like mountain climbing, uh, running, uh, leaping, tumbling. Uh, you'd have to be a very fit specimen, I would believe, to be a partaker of parkour. <laughs> Tremendous <laughs> leaping ability. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Yahoo! just be a superhero, like a Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, well, like I a mean, parkour, uh, you know, pro- practitioner. <laughs> what's, I mean, what what would you say is like, Maximum jumping ability of a human being. Three feet, four feet? Oh, no, I'd say five feet probably. Five feet? Yeah, I mean, I see these guys in the gym that I go to, and they'll jump up a 48-inch box standing still. Wow, okay. Yeah, these, like, basketball players, you know. I mean, I don't know how they do it, but so I got to imagine somebody could jump five feet if they're running along, you know, feet with their feet straight off the ground, not like doing a high jump. Yeah, but I, I know what you're talking about, but the thing about the box is when you jump and land, you're in a crunched position. Yeah, but still, Bill, no matter how you measure it, you're jumping five feet straight up. Yeah, it's a big yeah. it's a big pop. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not taking anything away from it. You know, I'm just visualizing these practitioners of uh, parkour. But, I mean, if you're running along, if you could jump five feet straight up, into a crouch position, I think you could jump higher than five feet if you took a running start, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there are people out there who could dive over parked cars and stuff and go into a tumble on the other side and get up running. Absolutely. Some really bizarre stuff, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, interesting. Thanks a lot for that uh, report. That was CK? CK, yeah. Yeah, CK, if you have anything more about that, forward it to us. You know, uh, uh, certainly, we'll certainly look into it. You know, it's all uh, grist for the mill, as I say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. And then John from Ireland writes in. And he just has some kind words. So he says, Dear Bill and Kevin, I'm sorry to hear that Paula is still unwell. I'll remember her in my prayers. I love your show and your humor. It's so uplifting. I live in Dublin, Ireland. 
There's an uplifting and healing word which can be used in times of distress. It can be heard on YouTube, and it looks like he's saying the word is who, H-U. Keep up the great work, John from Ireland. And our last note, yeah, so everybody keep praying for Paula so she can uh, get fully recovered for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. And our last letter bill comes in from Carl from Germany. He says, love your podcast. I can't even do a German accent tonight. (laughs) I'll give up. That sounded a little British. (laughs) Please report on some of the cryptid sightings that we have in my homeland. If you look into it, the Black Forest can be quite a mysterious place. Keep up the good work, my brothers. Carl. Wow. Yeah. So I will definitely look into the Black Forest. Yeah. They don't call it black for nothing, man. I've been to the Black Forest. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. I like I like Germany a lot, probably because of some of our roots there. Yes, yeah, we got some roots over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no Nazi roots, folks. No, Just German goodness. Germanic roots. Yeah. Yeah. Early, uh, early German roots. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh you know, Kev, it's really neat. Uh, you know, sometimes out of the blue, I'm thinking about uh, the audience, who's where. When we look at our statistics and we see where downloads come from, oh yeah, all over the planet. Yep. I mean, there are just people sitting in the middle of here or there or anywhere. Tuning into Bigfoot Terror in the Woods sightings and encounters. That is like so bizarre to me. <laughs> well, remember, Bill, when we started, this is now we just started our fourth season, folks. And, you know, like yeah, we say it a lot, but, you know, Bill and I live 600 miles apart. We had this idea of doing this podcast, doing it remotely from one another on a weekly basis. And then after we pulled it off from a technology standpoint, it was kind of like, I wonder if anybody will even listen to this, Bill. (laughs) And boy, did they start listening. And the mail started to come in like crazy. And we love it. You know, it keeps us going. So thank you so much. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for the prayers for Paula. And uh, if you haven't left us a five-star review lately, please do so. Uh, Those five-star reviews are virtually the only means we have of attracting new listeners to the podcast. And by getting new listeners and subscribers to the podcast, which, by the way, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do that, too. But those five-star reviews are the only way we get the new listeners. And by getting new listeners, we're able to keep our schedule and keep producing a quality product for all of you. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, folks, if you should be walking anywhere, Wisconsin, the Black Forest, wherever it may be, you best remember one thing, my friends. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.